we slide into open enrollment season, one of the biggest questions that's looming out there has to be, how has COVID-19 impacted the way in which consumers are engaging with their healthcare benefits? And maybe more importantly, how will it impact 2021 and their behaviors when it comes to enrolling in different plans? Hmm, well, we had that same question and we got great news, folks. We have the answers. We just wrapped up our annual consumer research report and we found some staggering information that we can't wait to share with you. Likewise, we were able to identify four really unique personality types um, that came out of this research that really indicate how an individual might look at their benefits and how you, as an employer, should help communicate and help their decision process. Oh, it's gonna be fun. We've got Jason Cook, VP of Healthcare Emerging Markets at WEX as our guest today. My name is Eric Pella, the host of the Benefits Buzz podcast, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kelsey Burgett. Ready, set, let's get buzzed. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of Benefits Buzz. Uh, we're rocking and rolling, Kelsey. I have a, a little bit of a surprise for you. You do? I love surprises. <laughs> I bet you do. Well, you know, it's it's open enrollment season, which which we all love. That's and, not a surprise, you know, Eric. <laughs> I know it's not a surprise. Here's a surprise. Like I always thought it'd be cool to like, what if we got like just a bunch of, um, you know, health plan participants and, you know, ask them like, Hey, how do you make your decisions? And so I've actually invited 1,228 consumers to be on the podcast with us today. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm a little nervous. I might be sweating a little bit. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I'm obviously joking, right? That's a logistical nightmare. My house isn't that big to fit everybody in here. But but I thought the next best thing is uh, we just happened to do a really cool survey, uh, Kelsey, where we actually asked 1,228 consumers uh, how COVID-19 and uh, how it's impacted the way in which they look at the healthcare benefits and what they're going to do. We thought, you know what, this is really some really cool findings. And so I wanted to bring up all that juicy data that we gathered um, and actually, you know, just help our healthcare professionals and, and human resources professionals like, how do we, what do we make of this? What can I expect from my, from my participants and my employees, you know, as they go and make their decisions? So I've got Jason Cook, who is our VP of Healthcare Emerging Markets here at WEX, to talk about the study, to talk about how, you know, uh, consumers are thinking about um, their benefits this year as they go into 2021. So I hope that's okay. It's the next best thing instead of having 1,200 people on the podcast. I prefer that route. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, you know, no, you got a little bit on your shoulders here. You are going to be represent, representing 1,200 people. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no pressure at all, but I appreciate it. Good to be here. <laughs> Uh, you bet, you bet. Well, I I joke and jest because uh, I, I think this is a really cool uh, episode. I think that some of the data that we were able to garner from the study is just outstanding, and I can't wait for you to dive into it. Because I think that's really the big question mark that, you know, I think all, all of us are trying to look at, like, how, do, how is this changes? I, I hope, man, I would love this season if we didn't talk about COVID-19 <laughs> once uh, this season, but I, yet it's yet to happen because the dang thing has just affected everything, you know? And, and here we are, another episode talking about how COVID-19, the pandemic, has, has changed the which, uh, way in which I think um, employees and consumers and participants are thinking and, and looking to their benefits. And so um, I want to talk about that. I want to reveal some of the cool things um, that were kind of were uh, 
revealed within this study. Likewise, just dig in your knowledge. I know you're an HSA expert, and so I want to dig into that and just kind of figure out what, what's happening. So maybe to start everything off, kick us all out. So um, it, it is, right, it, it, with, with this as a backdrop of COVID-19, and it's such a big healthcare topic, what have you seen? Um, what have you heard? Gosh, what have you experienced in terms of just kind of that, that changing consumer behavior around the pandemic, right? Is it, has it shifted any kind of the, the ways in which people are using benefits so far? Yeah, you know, you know, Eric and Kelsey, you know, COVID-19 has, has certainly changed the world that we all live in, right? I mean, thinking back to last March when it became clear that, you know, COVID positivity rates were dramatically increasing, my thought, my personal thought was that, you know, schools would shut down for a period of time, uh, but reopen for kids to finish the year and that we'd have this thing under control by summer. And I tell you, you know, never have I missed the mark or, or really misjudged the situation more so than I did with COVID back in the early days. Because, you know, while the economy is reopened, we still have people that are getting sick. We still have unemployment that's north of 8%. And at least for my kids in suburban Chicago, you know, online learning is still our reality. Um, so, you know, clearly a different world and specific to what we're seeing you know, in healthcare, I think the pandemic has changed the way many workers view their benefits. And our research, which included, again, you know, the 1,200 consumers that are on my shoulders, as you mentioned, Eric, um, you know, that we did back in February of 2020, and then again, 2,000 consumers in June, you know, showed that the pandemic did, in fact, have an impact on how Americans view their healthcare benefits. And so, you know, just a couple of stats here, you know, we found that 41% appreciate their benefits now more than pre-pandemic. Uh, 44% did, in fact, delay healthcare services, right? Treatments or procedures for fear of catching COVID. And 56% are somewhat or very likely to start setting money aside in an emergency savings account, right? Which could include an HSA, where we found that 23% said that they have increased HSA contributions. So, you know, I think the last thing that really stood out was the perception of telemedicine. That's also dramatically, you know, changed in the eyes of American consumers, right? With 40% reporting that they or, or someone in their household has participated in a medical appointment over a mobile device, a computer uh, during the pandemic. And I was not part of this survey, but this was my new reality, right? I mean, I was doing uh, some virtual appointments with my kids uh, over the past six months. And so those are just a few high level findings that I think uh, worth uh, mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some really staggering numbers, I think. And it's great that you, I, I love, I love, I love those stats, right? And, and I think they're really good for us to kind of get a quick glance at, okay, how have things shifted and changed? And obviously you're seeing that, right? Um, and I think what's next to come is sort of that big, because of that, what do we expect to see? And so what I like to say is how, how do we take this, um, you know, meaningless data and turn it into meaningful information that we can use, that, you know, human resource professionals can use um, to really understand and sort of be prepared to pivot based on what that data tells us. Yeah. So, you know, first, I think it's important. It's very important to understand that data is extremely um, meaningful when it comes to engaging with individuals, because while no two workers or consumers look the exact same, you know, many share similar characteristics. So for example, you know, the Wex Health Cloud platform it, it is currently powering more HSAs than any other platform in the country, which gives us insights into the country's largest HSA data set. And so with this information, you know, we can look at the data and say that in H, you know, the HSA industry has long oversimplified uh, the HSA owners to either a spender, a saver, or an investor. 
And, you know, why is it oversimplified? It, it's oversimplified, guys, because, you know, it's impossible to group 30 million American consumers um, that have HSAs, you know, into those three buckets and expect to present relevant information that engages on a personal level. So when we look at, at the data and we see, you know, really seven personas that exist, and those include an investor, a cash saver, a hybrid, a maintainer, planner, spend downer, all the way down to non-user. And so now we can look at the data and engage with each segment differently, you know, really in a different way because, you know, something that's relevant to an investor is not relevant for a spend downer. I say this all the time because the spend downer, you know, that segment, those folks, they don't have any money to invest at the end of the year. So it's not relevant to that, right? So this isn't to say that the spend downer may never turn into an investor at some point in the future. Uh, but the point is, is that consumers engage when relevant information to the personal situation is presented, and then they disengage when they're simply blanketed with non-relevant information. Now, you know, everything I just talked about is, is what we can control, right? Because it's lives on the platform, generating usable data that we can use to track trends and behaviors. But, you know, what about those that aren't in our ecosystem, that aren't on the platform, right? How can we empower more healthcare consumers with the information and tools that, you know, they need to make the best decisions for themselves and their families during open enrollment? And, you know, these are some of the questions that we asked. Um, and we found a few key personality types that will, you know, help employers better engage with each group so that the messaging is, is relevant. Again, you'll hear me say relevant often because it's super important. Because again, those employees are only going to engage if it's um, something that's going to impact their, their personal situation. I love um, all of that. I mean, I'm a nerd for personality quizzes. I don't know if you know that about me, but I am the first person to go take a personality quiz, and I love to dissect all the information that's in there. Kelsey, about... you are a nerd. That's that's I know, true. I know, I know. So <laughs> when I. You know, when I saw those four healthcare um, consumer personality types, I sat there and I was analyzing which one I would fit in. And, you know, for the most part, I'm hopeful or I think I'm an optimizer, except for maybe the middle-aged piece. I don't know if I want to agree to that terminology. But um, let's dig into a little bit about what those four healthcare um, consumer personality types are, Jason, if you wouldn't mind and share a little bit about each one. Yeah, absolutely. And so just a reminder to everyone, you know, these four healthcare personality types identified through the survey are different from the seven personas, you know, I mentioned previously, which were derived from the actual HSA data underlying the Wex Health Cloud platform, right? So, you know, think about, you know, there's no one size fits all approach to engaging employees, um, you know. With that being the case, we set out to identify these personality types, regardless of whether or not they're actually in a health savings account. And the goal was to help identify better ways to engage with each group so that, again, the benefits message resonates. Um, we also want to just understand things like how they learn, what motivates them uh, to move from one engagement phase to the next. And so, you know, the four phases that we came up with were evaluators, activators, optimizers, and advocates. And so I guess let's, let's just segment each out and talk about each one independently. Um, the evaluators were offered an HSA but did not open the account. They either opted for the traditional plan or, or took the HSA plan but failed to open the actual health savings account. And these folks tend to be, you know, closer to retirement. They feel financially secure when they can control risks and ret returns for their assets. Um, they, they trust their ability to educate themselves about health savings accounts, but often decide again to stay with that traditional plan. So that's the evaluators. The activators. The activators have an HSA, but they do the bare minimum when it comes to engaging with their account, right? They're generally younger, 
uh, and are just getting started on the path towards financial security, uh, but they have minimal knowledge of HSAs and tend not to really contribute much to that. Um, now we get to sort of the, the evolution, right? And maybe the more evolved um, personality types, and we call those the optimizers. The optimizers have an HSA as well, and they're engaging with their accounts. So they're typically middle-aged, uh, focused on saving money. Uh, they often have a 401k, a financial advisor. And you know, they're, when they're engaging with their account, many times they're actually investing their HSA um, for long-term savings. And then finally, we've got the, the advocates. You guys, the advocates are essentially optimizers uh, in that they have an HSA, which they're engaging with. Um, you know, and they tend to be younger, more financially savvy, uh, and have their eyes really on a long-term goal of, of where they want to be. Um, but they're different in that they routine, routinely, you know, recommend HSAs when discussing health benefits, both to friends and families and coworkers. And so these are people that I think about, you know, being part of that fire movement that are really you know, financial independence, retire early. These are the people that really understand how these things work. So much so that they want to share the benefits with others, so that others can take advantage of it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Like, I I know we've got a resource we can share, but just to kind of think about each of those on uh, each category is just super interesting because I think it's so easy for us to just want to treat every participant the same. Uh, and doing so is good. Uh, and I have to I have to I have to thank you, Jason, for. For taking this podcast from the middle of the interstate, I have yeah. <laughs> and garbage trucks and I, hey, this is this is, I love this is how these podcasts work. And you take it where you're at. It's so. the, the, the remote work and learning in this uh, it's called a closet of an office in Chicago that, uh, that I'm hauled up in. So yeah, we do some hard beef and some cars roll by, but that's the new reality for now. Exactly. That is the new normal. I feel immersed in Chicago. Thanks for letting us, thanks for taking us there. I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. um, to digress quickly, you know, this is awesome. And I think it's really good to, to, to bring out those four different types of personalities from this, from the study. But again, what can we glean from this data, right? Um, how can we, now that we know this, how can we use it to our advantage? Like, what do we do? Do we follow up differently? Do we, do we approach them differently? Do we, do we advise them differently? What are your thoughts? Yeah. There? So, I mean, probably too many valuable data points to cover, cover all of them, right? So I'd encourage all listeners to really read through the white paper and form their own strategies to engage with their workers. But Eric, you know, two definitely come to top of mind uh, for me. Uh, one, you know, employers need to understand that you know, the HSA itself is not a commoditized checking account where all HSA solutions look the exact same, only to be differentiated by price, right? Um, there certainly are repurposed checking accounts in the market that, that do all the IRS required tax reporting for HSAs, but a checking account does not engage with the user. Uh, and engaging solutions are, are doing just that, leveraging the data, you know, helping users understand where current healthcare dollars are being spent today and how, you know, they can prepare for future medical expenses. Um, and I'd say, you know, activators, you know, maybe getting the immediate benefit, you know, tax benefit of contributing to an HSA, but the solution needs to be more engaging at a personal level to help that individual on their path towards, you know, financial wellness. So that's, that's number one. Um, number two, I'd, I'd say focus on those evaluators, right? You know, the, those individuals that, that have either opted for the HSA eligible plan with no HSA or a traditional plan, um, those folks are, are the ones that are, are really taking on, you know, all the risk if they're taking it to sell it, right? So, um, you know, many of these evaluators that um, simply have been defaulting to the traditional plan year over year don't realize that there's more deductible risk than in, in previous years. 
And so maybe consider talking about, you know, the benefits of an HSA before even discussing the high deductible health plan, right? We found that, you know, many workers hear the word high deductible and they default to the traditional plan before realizing the premium savings um, that are tied to the HDHP and all the benefits of actually opening and funding an HSA. So again, you know, those two and, and you know, talking about the HSA first really gets workers asked that question, what do I need to do to take advantage of this benefit? Um, which leads to, you know, the employee actually engaging and, and you know, maybe doing some plan comparison um, shopping and, and bring some transparency that helps the, the employee make, you know, the right financial decision. That's really interesting to hear you say um, to focus on the evaluators and to change the messaging to talk about the HSA and the value of the HSA before you talk about the high deductible health plan. Because, you know, I've seen a lot of studies where they talk about the term high deductible health plan might be the reason a lot of consumers are overlooking the HSA when it comes to open enrollment and determining what plan is best for them. Um would you agree with that? Or what do you think is preventing consumers from choosing the HSA and seeing that healthcare savings um, as a tool for them versus, you know, maybe the HSA is just another checking account or spending account? Yeah, I mean, so to your point, that's just it. The industry had, you know, high deductible. I mean, that just sounds scary, right? So, I mean, the fact is traditional plans, most of them carry the deductible of $1,000 or more, right? I mean, so that's a high deductible in itself. And so, you know, there's been a lot of work to rename the plans. Uh, or just at least start referring to them because perception is reality. And so referring to them as an HSA eligible plan helps. And again, people, once they understand the benefits of the HSA, it, it sort of flips the conversation from being fearful to one of, wow, this, I see a tremendous benefit here. What do I need to do to opt into it? And so, you know, I, again, I, I think perception is reality and how employers you know, position the HSA program to employees is hugely impactful. Um, most present the HSA as a way to pay for qualified medical expenses before that deductible is met. And that's 100% true, right? But it's not the whole story, right? So, so the point is, if you, you, know, you tell a worker that an HSA is a way to pay for qualified medical expenses, they'll most likely you know, do just that, even if the employee maybe has the financial wherewithal to save HSA dollars for future medical expenses. Um, you know, think about changing the story a bit and tell that same employee that you know, HSA is saving money on taxes when you contribute to the account. Uh, and those funds will be there ready to pay qualified medical expenses that arise during the plan year. But, you know, by the way, HSA dollars that you don't use today can be invested like your 401k for future medical expenses, right? According to Fidelity, you're, you're most likely going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket medical expenses in retirement. And it's in your best interest to save and pay for those uh, in the most tax-efficient way, which is through an HSA. So I think changing the story like that it's more than educate, but it pushes employees to, you know, into a somewhat uncomfortable place, right? Where, you know, they may feel some urgency to better understand how these things work. Oh, this is so good. You're, you're, you're killing it. Oh, I love this advice. I think this is such a good perspective. Um, and I know, I know that there are some really cool tools. For example, a hint, hint, we have a, a, a nice little calculator that we have that kind of really help participants realize, you know, the savings they can get from a high deductible health plan. Um, so, you know, I think there are some things out there. I love the comments that you made um, that just kind of help people look at HSAs and maybe a different lens. Let's, let's maybe shift to talk about assuming, assuming we've, assuming they've, you know, they've are on HSA and they're looking at their HSAs. 
How do we start to think about, you know, again, I'm putting myself in the shoes of our listener and, um, you know, thinking about myself as an employer and how can I start catering my message to to the audiences, right? Like, how do I use these different things and, and start to figure out how do I push messages where, with who? Do you have any suggestions or are there any examples that you've seen work well to kind of move um, individuals maybe from one personality type and, and kind of help them realize mm-hmm. Um, to better leverage their HSAs? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things come top of mind. Um, number one, communicate, you know, year-round, year-round touch points on these things. And don't think about, you know, somebody who enrolls and, you know, you've communicated to them throughout the year, they enroll in the account. Um, don't think the communication stops there because that's really the most important part. So you've got somebody then move from call it an evaluator to an activator and if they've opened the account, but don't stop there. I mean, turn that activator into an optimizer and then an advocate by helping them understand how the account works after they have it open. And it's hugely important to the financial wellness of employees that are, you know, really self-funding a lot of their uh, medical expenses. Um, and then again, understand, you know, what we're talking about with the survey, understand how to engage with, you know, your four healthcare personality types so that, you know, all employees benefit from the communications. Again, you know, if, if we have communications coming all over the place that are not relevant, people just shut down. They're not going to listen to it. And then um, you know, maybe the, maybe a third would, would be don't be afraid to, to make uh, employees feel a little bit uncomfortable. Right. We, you know, it's just human nature. We don't always make the, the right decision, the right financial decision. Sometimes we just you know do something that is comfortable because it, it's familiar. Um, but it doesn't hurt to make employees feel a little bit uncomfortable because it may help them make the right financial decision. Yeah, I think that's in every aspect of life, right? Like a little bit of the uncomfortable is where you're growing and where you're making progress in life. So I can tell you from my own personal experience, when I started contributing to my HSA, it was the bare minimum. I was probably, I'd have to go look at those personality types again, um, whichever one doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've learned over time and a lot of it is I've been fortunate enough to work at Wex and learn, you know, about the value of the HSA. But um, how do you how do others who aren't fortunate to work for a company like this, where we put education at the forefront, um, how or what tips do you have for educational opportunities or what's out there that our listeners can go and learn more about HSAs, whether they're a consumer or an employer, um, and learn about the value and maybe decide like if this is right for them. Yeah, I mean, again, to some of the, the points you just made, you communicate year round, keep this thing you know top of mind. But you know, I fully understand you know from just being in the space for so many years that you know many employers this really does come up during open enrollment season, which we're you know we're kind of upon right now, and and so I, I get it, I understand, and you know I, I I'd say that. You know, um, I, I'd be remiss to mention, I guess, that, you know, WEX is hosting the sec- second annual National HSA Awareness Day on October 15th. And so HSA Day really unites the public and, and the health benefits industry to, to spark these conversations about HSAs and their power to help Americans manage health-related out-of-pocket, you know, medical expenses. And so it helps them prepare for, for unexpected health care costs uh, today and, and into retirement. So. Anybody interested can find out more at uh, you know HSA Day at lovemyhsa.com. It's a good good resource for employers. 
Yeah, uh, awesome, awesome plug. And that's that's not just being selfish. I think it's a it was a great event last year and, and will be an awesome event. We've had some really powerful, um, you know, I think influencers that are in the industry that just really lay it out there to make it plain and simple for those who are just want, want to figure out what HSAs are. And, and I think it's an awesome event. So I appreciate you bringing that out. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. So, well, uh, as we, um, I guess, you know, as we wrap this up in a tidy little bow, um, I, one of the questions we sometimes like to, to ask is, you know, that, you know, what's your one takeaway, right? Again, I'm like, what's the one nugget you want our listeners to, to, to walk away with, you know, when it, you know, so maybe I'll say, you know, if there was one thing that you can provide our listeners um, to have them, you know, the most effective and make the best decision for the open enrollment, what, what would your golden advice be? Uh, yeah, uh, one, and let me see if I can keep this concise without drawing on too much here. It's, I, I'd say it's you no, know, no two employees look exactly the same, but they share, you know, you know, many share similar characteristics, right? Recognize the similar characteristics and make sure that you're communicating with each segment in a, in a relevant way, right? So, you know, we talked about how employees disengage when it's not relevant information. I, I got to share this one story, and if I start you know, going too long, just, you know, tell me to shut up. But it, it really reminds me of a comment that we heard from another, um, from a focus group participant that, you know, we talked to in a study that we did in 2019, because this individual was not enrolled in, a, in an HSA program. And, and he stated that he and his wife were young and have virtually no medical expenses. He went on to say that, you know, maybe he'll consider opening uh, an HSA in the future when they decide to have family, because that's when they're going to have more medical expenses. Right. And my guess is, and this is just a guess, is that you know this person was told that the HSC is a great way to tax efficiently pay for medical expenses. Again, we've mentioned this before. That's 100% correct. He ignored the benefit because he and his wife have no medical expenses, and as a result, they're probably overinsured with the traditional plan. And so the bottom line is, you know, this individual made the wrong financial decision uh, because you know he didn't have all the information. Right. So. Had someone told him that, you know, taking the premium savings by opting into the HSA eligible health plan and depositing those funds into an HSA will provide a great, you know, nest egg to pay for medical expenses in the future. When you and your wife decide to have this family that you're talking about, you know, he might have listened, right? And ultimately, you know, maybe you've been in a better financial position. So, you know, those are, that's kind of a long-winded answer, I guess, Eric, but that, that would be that recognize the similar characteristics and that no two employees are exactly the same. No, that's a, that's an awesome answer. And I appreciate you sharing that anecdote. I think it just makes it tangible and brings it to life. And uh, it's kind of heart wrenching. And, and hopefully our listeners, you know, can learn from that uh, and not make those same mistakes and, you know, never underestimate the value of just being educated on the benefit plans that you have and making sure you know. So that was awesome. What a great way to, to end the podcast. Um, you did an awesome job representing 1,228 people, uh, Jason. So, so well done. What an, what a, what a great episode. I, I mean, there was countless nuggets, uh, of awesome information. I know we hope that our listeners walk away with just one, but there's gotta be at least a, a baker's dozen in this one. So, so well done. Thank you so much. We can't thank enough for, for coming on the show and, and helping making, uh, open enrollment and kind of demystifying some of the HSA, um, stuff that's out there. So much appreciated, Jason. Thanks, guys. Happy to do it. Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment 
or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. (laughs) Thanks for listening.